Lift our hands together and let's, let's ask the Lord to send an anointing tonight. Our bishop's getting ready to come. Lord, we love you. We magnify you, Jesus. We thank you for the presence of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord that's upon us tonight. Pray for your word to speak to every heart. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We clap our hands unto the Lord as our bishop comes. Praise the Lord. God bless you, Bishop. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Aren't you glad to be in church tonight? If you're not, you ought to go and go home. You just, you'd probably be better off at home than you are here if you're not happy to be here. Glad to be here. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I've had two or three come around and ask me, says, uh, are you loaded tonight? Now, I have heard that expression in the world. When you ask if you're loaded, that means you're drunk. Now, I hope I am drunk on the spirit. Amen. Amen. But it is, it is sure good to, to have this privilege to... Say a few words tonight. Now it's just real early. It's about two and a half hours until uh, Zaxby's close and uh, Reba Tuesdays and all those good, good old places. So you got we got a lot of time to go until we get through tonight. Amen. I, I thought as. Uh, the word has been mentioned several times about legacy. That um, I thought, Brother French, I trust it'll be suitable to you. I, 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 I want to say this, and I mean this very sincerely. I really do appreciate Pastor French and his family. Right. These, are, these are good people. I know when we, I was just thinking it. You just bear with me since it's real early and we got a lot of time. I'll just take my time because I don't get this privilege often. <laughs> it's not because I haven't been asked. They have asked me to speak before, but I have declined because of different various reasons. But um, I thought about this church and just what all God has done for us. It started somewhere around 48 years ago. We was in Athens pastoring a church on Chattooga Street in Athens, and the Lord laid it upon our heart to come to Atlanta. At that time, there wasn't very many churches in the city, and so we uh, we prayed about it, and and I, I couldn't get a job there. And if the churches supported me the best they could, they would have done more if I'd have told them that I needed some help, but I. I don't know, I just didn't feel like I should burden them with my situation. And I got a job, but they told me I had to quit pastoring. And of course, I wasn't going to quit pastoring. So it necessitated me moving, uh, coming to Atlanta to find a job. And, and I did. I found a job with the Coastal States Insurance Company as a, on a debit guy. And uh, the Lord worked it out that we could move here. In the meanwhile, Brother Kenneth Pope had leased the church. For what? I don't really know. I don't know why Brother Kenneth leased this church. 
a very nice church in its day. It's probably one of the nicest churches in, in especially close to downtown Atlanta. Had had pretty windows and stained glass windows and just had had a lot of good things. Had a nice hole in the ceiling and just just a lot of a lot of good things that uh, we had. And so he was willing to relinquish his uh, uh, the church to us, and we was there for a little while. And we uh, we felt that we was in the will of God. I really mean that. We felt that we was in the will of God. And I had a a little situation on my belt line on my back that was not. It didn't look very good, and uh, we did not know what it was. But from all indications, it was not pleasant to think about. I won't say we fleeced the Lord, but we did ask the Lord, Lord, if you want to want us to go to Atlanta. If you'll just make a way um, and heal this growth on my back, because it was agitated on my belt line, of course. And wonderfully, and so kindly, the Lord just touched me and removed that, and I do highly appreciate that. And uh, so we, uh, we ha- was in this church in the little Five Points area. This, that's close to downtown, for those of you that don't know, downtown Atlanta. And we was there for a year, and then we got a chance to buy a church over in East Atlanta for $21,000, a nice little wooden church that was just what we needed at the time. But the time came that we was, uh, had an opportunity. We was fixing to start a Christian school, and Brother Jack Ollis found out that we was going to do that, and he was physically unable to carry on the church, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ here in Jonesboro, not on this particular land, but land adjoining us right over here. And so we worked out some kind of deal, and we, we purchased the church. Uh, we, he was in not good health, and he had no retirement, had no money, and our church board and their church board agreed that whatever we bought the church for, that we would give to him for retirement, which I thought was equitable, and the nice thing to do for a man that had devoted so much of his time to start a church in Jonesboro. So that, uh, that materialized, and we had a, just a great time. And I'm going to try to hurry here, because I don't want to bore you with all of this. But when uh, the opportunity came for us to uh, maybe build this church, a lot of you don't know much about me. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a sort of a tightwad. Uh, I don't like to spend money. I really don't. I don't like to venture out. And the thoughts of us building a building that was going to cost around $2 million blowed my mind. And if it had been, say, $50,000, I could have handled that. But no, it was going to cost us somewhere around $2 million. And I said, wow, that's a lot of money. That's more money than my wife's got. So, uh, the Lord, in his, in his wonderful way, he made a way for us to build this building. And I don't mind telling you, I think it's a nice building. Yes. Not, not anything that I have done. I just happen to be the pastor here. We had a tremendous church board, which... Brother French has retained these same men on our church board, which are very honorable men, and I appreciated them. 
So we, uh, we started this building, and in the course of time, somebody, one of the families in the church said, Brother Cole, we, the, we, we got a piece of property on Interstate 85 down south of Atlanta that we're selling, and the profit of it, that our part of the profit of it, we're going to give to the church. I said, oh, well, good. said he wanted to meet me on the north side of town at the lawyer's office. And when I walked out of the office that day, I had a check in my hand for $382,000. And so naturally, I put all of that on the building fund, didn't take nothing for myself. And then a little bit later on, we got another chance to be given another offering of another piece of property for $40,000. And so I put that on the church loan that we had. But anyway, I see y'all really interested in this, so I'm going I'm I'm to have to end it and get through with telling you the story. But as time progressed and we got in this building and just had a good time, but we felt that, you know, I was getting a little older and Sister Cole never gets old. And uh, so we felt like that uh, we probably need to retire. So we started praying several years before it finally came into fruition. And I, uh, we said, Lord, we'd really want to, somebody to come to pastor this church that, that sort of believes like I do, because I believe I believe right. Yes, right, 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 right. <laughs> I believe I believe I believe I believe right. And, and I wanted whoever come to believe like I did because I based my beliefs on the word of God. And so we prayed and prayed and prayed and, and we had a couple of guys that wanted to take the church but they wanted me to leave. And I said, there ain't no way. That, I've been here for 44 years. I'm not going nowhere unless... <laughs> I'm not, and if Brother French asked me to... I might would, but I probably wouldn't have asked him to take the church if he asked me to. <laughs> but, uh, and these are fine men. They're great guys. They're my friends today. But I, I felt like, no, that's not the will of God. I wanted to do what was right. And so, I almost want to cry about it. Because God's been good to us. So, camp meeting in the year 2011, right before camp meeting, I heard that Brother and Sister French were evangelizing, and, and word got to me that they was really wanting to come off the field, and they wanted to pastor. I, maybe I don't have all of it exactly right, but they wanted to pastor in a pretty large city. And um, so, I said, uh, so I, I went to him one day, and and I said, Brother French, if you'll just come and preach for us, and let's just see how the people take to you. And we took to him pretty good. We really did. You know, sometimes I, when I see him preach, I believe when God made Talmadge France, he made him with super glue. <laughs> because I, sometimes I think he's going to come apart up here. But he put a good case of super glue on him. And, uh, but anyway, as, as we all know,
uh, we talked to the church board, and then we talked to the church family, and they all agreed that if Brother French would consent to do so, that we would elect him as our new pastor. And let me tell you this. I have not regretted one day that we did that. Not one day have I regretted that. Not I'm going to talk about legacy for just a little bit here. Legacy is something that has come from someone in the past. And this church can be declared a church of legacy. That it came from a man and his wife and five kids to another man and his wife and three kids. There are several families in our church that uh, have a great spiritual legacy. Wow. Just a great, I, I was really amazed, Brother French, as I was trying to get my thoughts together about this service tonight. And I thought about the legacy that's, that's founded in this church. Right. And if I, I may say this without being misunderstood, I believe legacy of this church is one reason it's as strong as it is. Right. Amen. I've always, when I, when I, when I first, when we first moved to Atlanta, I said, I want to be a church. I want to pastor a church that is, is a missions giving church. And the first meeting we had over on Euclid Avenue at Little Fine Points, it was a missionary service. We had me and my family and Brother Vogel, who was the, the foreign missions director at that time, Brother Robert Norris was a missionary, right. and Brother Vogel was another. We had more missionaries then than we had people. But since that day, I mean, God has helped us to be supportive Lord. of a number of missionaries, and Brother French has carried this legacy on. Praise God. Praise. So when I think about this... Um, I, I, I want to get started here, if I can, if the Lord will help me. But I thought about the legacy and what it means to this church. I think about the Pope family. Amen. Brother Barron, Brother Kenneth, Brother Richard, and Sister Pender. Amen. They, they are part of a, a legacy that started somewhere around 95 years ago when their mother received the Holy Ghost. And then after she received the Holy Ghost, her mother, Sister Smith, her name was Sister Smith, Sister French, uh, Sister Pope's mother was named Sister, uh, Sister French, and then they just went on down the line. And if I'm not mistaken, in that family, as, it, as it, in another family, there are seven generations that started back Sister Pope, of course, was first, but then her mother, starting with her mother, Granny, Granny Smith, up to now this day, there's seven generations. Yes, and that's, that's a wonderful heritage. That family is, is blessed, has blessed this church. 
They are tremendous people, tremendous people. I think about Sister Martha Anderson, Pope. She has a legacy of the Andersons that come from the great state of Florida over on the Gulf Coast. And uh, she comes from a legacy of, of, of some great preachers and a great mom and dad. And just a great legacy. And I think about Sister Beverly Strong Pope, who came from a legacy of her father and mother, Sister Brother Sister Strong. A great legacy. Amen. It continues on till today. Amen. Tanya, I thought about you, hon. Tanya Garland. Tanya Garland is the fourth generation in her family. Her mother, her grandmother, and her great-grandmother. A wonderful, wonderful legacy. Amen. Brother Lucas, I thought about you and your family back in Arkansas. From what I can gather, and I've heard Brother Lucas talk about his family, how wonderful they were, and just what a great legacy they left to him. Praise God. There was a time, and I don't mean to embarrass Brother Lucas, but he knows it. There was a time he was not as he should have been in the church, but because of the prayers of his mom and dad and the legacy in that family. Praise God. God just brought him in. Praise God. And now he's one of the great men in this church. Praise God. And I thought about my good wife, Sister Cole. Amen. She is part of a legacy. 96 years ago, her father received the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Seven, six generations from him on to now. Praise God. A great legacy that God has blessed us with. And then I thought about Sister French, you and your, your family. You're from a great family, a Smith family. Amen. I heard one time, why there was, have you ever wondered why there's so many Smiths? I heard the story of Brother John Smith, who was the uncle to these Pope boys, and, and he, he was one of the leaders in our church there on Pryor Street. And he went to, down in South Georgia, he was bad about going down buying um, watermelons and things of that sort. And, and he came back home and he said, you know what, Brother Montgomery talking to his pastor, he says, I have found out why there are so many Smiths. Really? said, down in South Georgia, there's a Smith Manufacturing Company. That's it. That's it. That's it, Sister French. Smith Manufacturing Company. Praise God. Now, I thought about Brother Pender. Brother Pender, you came from a great legacy. Yes. A Penders down in the Florida area also. Oh, my God. What a legacy this church has tonight. What a legacy we have. Sister Janice Morris, I thought about you. And, amen, you're the product of seven generations. Praise God. A legacy. What a, what a wonderful thing it is that God has blessed this church. And I, let me just tell you this, whether you know it or not, that's one reason this church is a strong church. It's because of the legacy that God has given us. Amen. So because of that, we must salute past generations. A wonderful spiritual heritage. A wonderful legacy. We must not, and listen to this, we must not fail our children and our grandchildren. Amen. If this legacy that we are part of tonight, if it continues on, we must instill it within the hearts and lives of our children and our grandchildren the great truths of the word of God. Let me give you, I hadn't gave you no scripture yet, and I don't, I don't want you to stand. Just, if you can just be seated. 
I'm reading from the book of Exodus, chapter number 16. <coughs> I don't know, I guess, I guess, brother, Exodus is right after Genesis, brother. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. It's right before Leviticus. God, hear my mind together here. <laughs> I'm like Brother French now. I've just got me a new pair of glasses. And uh, it's a mess, Brother French, isn't it? Oh, it's a mess. It is. Praise. But I'm going to try to read, if I can, from the 16th chapter of the book of Exodus, verse number 32. If you catch me doing this, it's because I'm trying to get focused here. And Moses said, now I'm sure most of you know the, the uh, context of this particular verse of scripture. The Lord had just blessed Israel. They had left Egypt. They had crossed the Red Sea. And they had come through Merah where they had some bitter water. And by the way, they said they put a tree limb in that water and it was sweet gum. Right, right. You're supposed to, that's really a joke. <laughs> they said they put a tree in it and sweetened the water. The water was bitter and they couldn't drink it. So what would you put in a bit of water? You'd put sweet gum. Some of you wake up about 3 o'clock in the morning, that'll finally come to you. And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commandeth. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations. That they may see... The bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. And Moses said, Aaron, take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. I want the next generation to understand where God has brought you from. Amen. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony of the Lord. And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came into the borders of the land of Canaan. This manna represented the miracles that God had performed in Israel's life. Without them, they would not have survived. This happened every day, every day, every day for 40 years. On the sixth day, they got enough for the seventh day because that's the way that God planned it. Praise God. So this happened every day for 40 years until they came to Canaan land. Hey, friend, I want you to know God's got a blessing for every last person in this building tonight from now until we reach Canaan land. To reach that promised land that the Lord has promised to give us. Hey, folks, I'm telling you, God's got some good things in store for those that walk up right before Him. Amen. God is doing for us. Praise God. We need to open up our heart. You see, future generations would come 
as they are now. And as they did then, they would come. They would not know what in the world the manner and the pot represented. So Moses said, Aaron, keep the pot full. I want my children to understand the great things that God is doing. I can, I can almost imagine, amen, when they would come and say, what's in the pot? Tell me what's in the pot. And so they were, and, and knowing me and knowing my wife as how inquisitive she is, you know, we can be in the car listening to the news and she's hearing the same thing that I'm hearing. And she's, she wants me to go into detail and tell them all the background. I said, baby, you heard the same thing that I heard. But baby, I love every inch of you. I really do. But I can imagine, amen, when they came to Moses or to one of the leaders, said, what, what's in the pot? What is it? He said, well, let me tell you a story then. This is going to be hard. This is going to blow your mind. A few, few days and weeks and months ago, the children of Israel was under oppression to the Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And they was good. That's fixed to be delivered from the Egyptian bondage and going into the promised land. But you know what happened? They got down to the Red Sea and behind them stood Pharaoh and his army. Six hundred chariots. Wow. Man, that's a lot of chariots, isn't it? Whoa. It's probably Cadillacs too. It goes on to say, it does, it goes on to say that the, the, another bunch of people had chariots. There's probably Fords and Chevrolets, if you know, pardon the expression. But here, here they are. Amen. Standing there before the Red Sea, not knowing what to do. And you know what happened? The Bible said, Moses, stretch forth your rod. He did it. And you know, something that I don't think I've ever noticed before until I read it this time. I guess I did. I just forgot it. That the Bible says that the waters rose up on one side and on the other side. Now, I can understand how the water could quit flowing from one side. But for it to stand up on the other side, it blew my mind. But you see, God wants to blow our mind. He wants to do things for us. Praise God. If we can just come to the realization, there's power in the name of God. Hallelujah. God wants to give us even the things that we have needed tonight. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. He said, I'm going to do it for my children, Israel. And so Moses wanted the next generation to know how this all come to pass. You see, the present and the future is up to us. We must not fail. That's good. We have a great future. Come on. I said we have a great future. Judas yes. is coming. Yes. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Yes. Praise God. I like what Jude penned in Jude chapter 3 and verse number 3. I mean Jude verse 3, which is just one chapter. Jude penned these words for us to contend for the faith. To who? To once that was once delivered to the saints. And when we see what has been delivered, when we look back at our, uh, at, at our legacy and see things that's handed down to different, and, and I, probably I've omitted some families that maybe had a long Heritage that I, I just didn't know. I just mentioned the ones that I knew of. But when you look and see how that God has yeah. brought us to where we are today, we're, we're where we are today not because we're so smart, oh, that's right. 
Now, I'm not against, I'm not against smartness. I know some people have got a lot of smarts, and some of us don't have a lot of smarts. But what God is looking for is for people to trust him and believe that what he needs to, what he want, he want him to do, he's going to do it when we put our faith and our confidence and our trust in him. Praise, Praise God. So here, Jews said, contend for the faith. Yeah. I looked at the dictionary and it said, to, tend, to contend for anything is to strive against rivals. To strive against rivals. Let, let me say this to you now. There's some things... That's not negotiable. It's something you don't negotiate. Something you don't you don't bargain with. We, we, we may bargain why, but tell Brother French to Brother French that I, I think you ought to paint the ladies' restroom pink. Uh, and so, well, no, I want red. I want, well, no, we're going to leave up Sister French. She do what she wants to. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's just some things that is not negotiable. Praise God. There's none thing, some things that we cannot... Amen. Say, well, let, let's bargain. Oh, no. No, sir. Amen. Jesus said in John 10, 30, hey, that I and my Father are one. There's one God that's not negotiable. There's not two. There's not three. There's one God, and his name is Jesus. Praise God. He is a God that's just as real tonight as he's ever been. He's a God that's real. He's a God that wants to work and move in our lives. Acts 2.38 is not negotiable. It still takes Acts 2.38 to be saved. You must repent of your sins, be baptized in his name, receive the spirit and talk in tongues as the spirit gives you up to us. That's not negotiable. Love for souls. We must love people. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Doctrine is so important. And it's not negotiable. It's what's, what's, it's in, I'm going to use this as a pot tonight. This is a pot. It's in the pot. And we're not going to change it. If you say, Brother Cole, I, I, I've had folks back when I was pastoring say, well, I'd come to church, but I'm not going to quit doing this. I'm not gonna quit. Well, we can't negotiate with you then. Biblical standards are not negotiable. I don't think you understood that. Biblical standards are not negotiable. God is going to have a holy people. He's going to have women that dress modestly. That don't try to expose their body when they don't have no business exposing it. You keep it covered. Keep it covered. C-O-V-E-R-E-D. Amen. What about this? This side ain't very noisy over here. What's this? Come on. You know, I was thinking, Brother French, we ought to start to have a little store, and in that store, sell scarves. Then that way, when somebody comes that needs a scarf around their neck to hide up, to cover up some stuff, we can sell them a scarf and make money and maybe save them. Anybody on this side agree with me? I think it's a pretty good idea. That's good. Thank you, Brother French. Brother French believes that too. Amen. And listen, if I say anything that I shouldn't say, Brother French can correct it when I get through. 
Amen. And our dear precious ladies, to me, that's, I know since some were not going to sing praise team, they had their hair down. And that long hair looked so pretty. So pretty, uncut, pretty. It may be sort of stringy, but it just, it just looks good anyway. <laughs> I really wasn't supposed to say that, really. I, I really wasn't supposed to say that. And our men need to have short hair. Need to have a haircut. Well, I'm glad I got a haircut last week. No makeup. God made you the way he wants you to be. The prettiest women... In the city of Atlanta comes to this church. Hallelujah. What about it, ladies? No makeup, no jury. You know, another, another thing we might could do, and I may get corrected on this one, we should take up an offering of jury and give it to She's for Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Boy, this side's awful quiet over here. Y'all are over, awful quiet over here. Come on. Come but I'm, what I'm talking about, I never did tell you what I was going to, what the name of my message, is that we must not fail this generation. Right. This generation is looking to a church that has power, that has love, that has the mercies of God, that has great things happening to it. Glory to God. We must say, God, help me to be the kind of example that even this, next, uh, this generation right now can look to me or look to all of us and say, there's the kind of man or woman that I want to be like. Amen. You may be seated to worship. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 24, that he is looking for true worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. Praise God, spirit and in truth. This generation needs to see miracles. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. We need to see healings. Yes. We need to see Holy Ghost devils cast out. Holy Ghost received. Gifts of prophecy and gifts working. Praise God. I just made a list while I was preparing this and we don't have to turn into T. Day Jakes or Benny Hinn or Benny Skin to find out about revival, about healing no, about healing. Don't. Healing has been in this church yes, let me, let me I, I made a good long list here and I know I didn't get them all but I'm going to read to you what I got. We got three men here in this church, they're here tonight that if it had not been for the mercies of God, they would have been buried a long time ago. Number one, Walt Jinks. Failed, I don't know how many, he fell a long ways. Even in the back of a truck. And God spared Walt Jinks' life. Praise God. I want you to know, folks, that's a miracle from God. <coughs> you, I think about Dan Rindus over here. Oh, hazardous Dan. Amen. Just hazardous Dan. He was, he was up cutting in a tree. He had a live chainsaw in his hand. Wow, 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 wow. 
And suddenly, I guess the limb must have broke that he's on, and he fell with a live chainsaw in his hand. Only people like Dan Rondress can get away with that. But he hit the ground. There's a chainsaw, if I understand, still in his hand. But you see, it really, ordinarily, it would cut his head off. I mean, he, he wouldn't have to go to Iraq to get his head cut off. You'd get it cut off here. But God, <laughs> but God spared him. Right, right. I know J- Joe, Joe's not here tonight, but Joe Pino should really be in the grave tonight. That's right. I said Joe Pino should really be in the grave. He fell about 20 feet on the top of some pipes, lead pipes, I mean, hard pipes. But God spared his life. Hey, listen, folks, we have seen miracles in this church. I think we ought to praise him for it. I think we ought to honor him for it. I think we ought to lift him up, glory to God, and give him praise and worship and honor tonight. Praise God. I I, I, I don't want to... Lynn Duffy, Lynn Duffy, the man sitting right back there and had a, had a kidney stone. I know you don't want to talk about things like this, but truth is truth. Had a kidney stone that was three-eighths of an inch long, and God spared him and delivered him from it. Hey, friend, I want you to know that's a miracle from God, <laughs> and we need to thank the Lord for it. We need to praise the Lord for it. We need to honor the Lord for it. Praise God, Sister Martha Pope, you're a cancer miracle. Yes. That's right. She's a cancer survivor. Praise God. Miracles. Hey, brother, we got miracles in this church. You had to go go across town. It's right here tonight. Myself, I know my nose is big enough that they could take half, and I'd still have more than the rest of you. Because my nose, don't, if you laugh, that means you agree with me. I do have a big nose. All right, Sister Janice, cut that laughing back there. Yours ain't the smallest thing in the world either. All right. It's break time, folks. It's break time. This is good. This is good. But I had a growth on my nose and in my ear. And they went in there and they said, did I say something wrong? <laughs> Brother Baron Pope sitting right back there and he went into the doctors this, just this past week and yes. they cut on his nose and they couldn't find anything. Hallelujah. That's a miracle. Praise God. Brother Ryan's not here tonight, but what I have heard Pastor French talk about, Ryan should be in the grave tonight. But because of the goodness of God, because somehow we believe that God could do it, be a healer. Praise God. John, we thought about you and how that God spared your life. Amen. I don't know exactly what your problem was, but I know this one thing. God spared his life. God spared his life. God spared his life. This generation needs to see and hear about miracles that's happening among us tonight. God's a healer. God's a healer. Praise God. Sister French, you're a cancer survivor. 
Praise God. Yes. Wonderful work that God has done in Sister Prince's life. And we love him for that too. Praise God. Sister Gail Brown. Even I was talking to her last night, I believe it was. She had lupus. Just the word lupus sounds terrible. It really is. Woo. And, but she said, you know, Brother Cole, 10 years ago, God healed me of lupus. And she said, there's no known cure for lupus now. Hey, friend, I'm telling you, God's got some good God things for us. God can do anything. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Praise, Praise God. God. Praise God. Another miracle that we need to believe in, and we're believing it, is the saving of our loved ones. That's good. I've read a story, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing when I get through, I promise you. <laughs> I read a story, and probably some of you maybe read the same story that I did. I think I read it from the Reader's Digest, which doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. But I believe this story was true. They usually have a pretty reliable source of information. And this story takes place in Florida. One day, a woman was in her home, and she heard a cry from outside, and it's the cry of her child. And she looked out the window, and to her utter amazement, an alligator was dragging her child into the water and so she immediately she ran outside to where the child and the alligator was and she grabbed the hold of the child and said oh no you're not taking my baby you're not taking my child you're not no no oh no no help somebody help help oh no alligator this is my baby this is my child you're not gonna take it I refuse to allow him to be taken and suddenly the alligator turned loose and then they took the child to the hospital. And after the course of healing, they looked on its body. And the only marks they could find on that child's body was the fingers of its mother. But John... The fingerprints of your mom and dad's on your body, son. Don't you forget that. Yes. Ryland, listen, the hand marks of brother and sister Pender and brother and sister Mueller all over your body. They'd come to your home and pick you up and bring you to church. And many times they would take you out to eat and pay for it themselves. Amen. You are indebted. Their fingerprints is on your body. And now it's your turn to take them out to eat. That's right. That's fair enough, isn't it? That's fair enough. Hey, babe. You know, whether you believe it or not, and I'm sure you do, me and my wife used to court. Back when George Washington was president almost. But you know what we'd talk about? None of your business. But it is your business. 
we would sit on the front of the church at 967 South Park Street. And I'd be waiting for the trolley to run it. it oh, about a block or two up from the church, it had to come around the curb on Ridge Avenue and head, head down Pryor Street toward the city. And I sit on the front of the, at the church and Sister Cole would be, it was Rachel Montgomery at that time. You know what we talked about? How many would like to know? Well, come on, Nathan. You know what she'd do? She said, Benny, you need to seek the Lord, man. You need to get right with God. You need to love God. Honey, I feel your prince on my arms. <laughs> I feel the prince of my wife on my arms where she's prayed for me and loved me and cared for me. She got, to, she got to thinking too much of me. And so her mother had started the church in Rockmart. That's about 50 or 60 miles west of here. And she said, well, I'm liking Benny too much. And he's been seeking the Holy Ghost for six months and hadn't got it yet. And she made this ridiculous statement. If God don't want him, I don't want him. <laughs> Boy, that's real love, isn't it? Whoa. That is real love. And so she struck out to Rockmart to help her mother start this church in, in Rockmart. And so on February the 22nd, 1948, never forget it. If I was able, I would demonstrate how I got the Holy Ghost. I was a holy roller. I knelt on this side of the church and the Lord hit me with a good dose of the Holy Ghost. And when I got through, I rolled all the way over to the other side of the church on top of a floor furnace. In February. So when service was over, Sister Montgomery happened not to go to Rock Mart that weekend. And she called and said, Rachel, guess what? Benny got the Holy Ghost tonight. Rachel said, Mama, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Is, am I telling the truth? Um, <laughs> you know, I, and, I, and I say this honestly, you know, I, I was, I, my legacy goes back to her. I, I don't mind admitting it. She's a wonderful lady, a great wife, a wonderful mother. But I can feel her handprints on my arms where she's carried me before God. I said, God, I want you to save Benny. Well, she came back home, and it wasn't long after that that we got married. I really don't, I really don't know why she married me. I really don't. Uh, I didn't have no money. Bought an old 39 LaSalle from Baron Polton. Thing as long as Susan Roebuck catalog. This is a long thing. Boy, a LaSalle. LaSalle was a Cadillac. That's what a LaSalle was. And, but I didn't, have no, I didn't have nothing to offer her. I didn't have nothing to offer her. I wondered, what in the world? I'm going to ask her after church tonight. Hey, babe, what was it about me that you liked? I'm pretty sure she'll tell me. But, uh, 
But I do appreciate it, honey. And I mean, this ain't no, you may laugh and y'all may laugh, but this is from my heart. That lady's handprints is on my life. Ronnie Lucas, your mom and dad's handprints is all over your body. <laughs> Richard, Beverly, your parents' handprints are all over your bodies. God's good. Let's love the Lord. Every once in a while, we need to be reminded about what's in the Bible. We need to preach the Bible. I'm going to close in just a... Brother Nathan, if you'll get a song we are supposed to sing tonight. Amen. Some would say doctoring is not important, but doctoring is very important. This next generation, we're indebted. We must not fail this next generation. I said we must not fail this next generation. Praise God. Boy, Sunday night, last Sunday night. Oh, was it Sunday night, little Julie? Julie, was it Sunday night last week that you had to help us, didn't you? Last Sunday night. Boy, that just thrilled my soul to see little Julie getting the Holy Ghost. Our young people and our children need to hear about miracles. Need to hear about Walt Jinks not getting killed or Dan Rindis not getting killed or Joe Pino not getting killed. Amen. Of Brother Duffy being healed of, of kidney stones. Amen. Our generation, our young people need to hear about that. If we don't, we're going to lose the generation because they're trusting everything else under the sun. And I'm not against music. I'm not against singing. I'm not against education. All those things are necessary. But the thing that we need is to give this generation what's been handed down to us through our legacy. Won't you stand, please? I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. I want you to cooperate with me, if you will, please. It's going to put some of you to a little disadvantage. But if you're a product of some of these great miracles that's happened in your life, I want you to come stand around the front. Amen. At first, hold on just a minute. At first, I want just those that I called. I called their name out. We're going to get the rest of you to come in a little while. Those of you that God has brought a great work in your life. You men that God spared your life. I want those of you that part of a great legacy come and join us around their front <laughs> first God brought a great miracle in your family's life. <laughs>
You need to be down here with your children. If you're part of a great legacy, I want you to give some praise to the Lord. And the hour's still early. We got a lot of time. If you've been a product of being healed by the power of God, and death has been snatched from your life, come on! I want you to praise God. Don't be ashamed. Come on! Don't be ashamed. Come on! From the very depth of your soul, cry out to God. God, thank you for my legacy. Thank you for the signs and wonders and miracles in my life. Thank you for it tonight, Lord. Come on now. Is that all the praise you got for what the Lord done for you? Is that all the praise you got for your legacy? Can't you do a little bit more? Come on, come on. Come on, everybody, everybody. You know where you'd be if it wasn't for God. Brother Jeans, you know where you'd be if it wasn't for God. Dan Ronis, you know where you'd be if it wasn't for God. Sister Martha Pope, you know where it'd be if it wasn't for God. <laughs> Megan, the Lord's done a great work in your life, hon. Great work. Brother Lucas, mom and dad got the prince on your life, man. <laughs> Yale Brown, God spared you for a reason for you to love him. I love you, Jesus.